Welcome back to the Retronama Pod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast where we discuss things from our past, present, and future. I am one half of this pirate ship, Captain Barnacle Banobles. My name is Toby, and I will be sailing across these seas of the internet with you, as always, with my co-host, the beautiful red-headed Rick. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Yar. <laughs> what's the hey, pirate's, everybody. What's the yeah. pirate's favorite letter? R. No, it's the C. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. We could we could do pirate jokes if we want to have a half hour of just pirate jokes. We could I mean, it. look, I'm gonna be but honest with not you. Going to. That's the only one I got, and it's from a buddy mm-hmm. of mine, and I know that his ears just perked because I used He's it, like, and it worked. Yeah. So that that I, we're gonna. I told gonna, him that one. I told him that yeah, one. Yeah. We're 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 just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> stop it there, but. Oh, okay. So we're done. So I'll see you later. Then we're just gonna stop by. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, I, I'm gonna be honest. We made it to episode 31. Episode 31. 31. When we started 31. this, and we were making, who would win jokes with Doctor Phil and Doctor Seuss? Did you ever think that that content from episode one would make it to 30 more episodes? After that, I mean, I like to think I I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to that stuff. I you know usually think yeah this would be something we could do for a while, but I mean I've had stuff in the past that I thought the same that didn't well, quite pan out. But you know, here I we started are. this show. I start every show that I've ever started with the thought that it's going to go a million episodes and I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan because <laughs> I have confidence in myself. At the same time, just like you, I have a past with shows and they did not last 31 episodes so in my heart of hearts did i think that i'd still be doing this 31 episodes later no but <laughs> just like 30 episodes ago we're gonna start this thing off the same way that we started off every time hit me with, with that weird the weird question, question of the week of the week Uh, what is the best cereal shape? This is going off the back of the uh, review that we did for the oatmeal raisin, oatmeal oatmeal cream pie, little Debbie cereal. Like, Ooh, oatmeal raisin. Oatmeal raisin. I'm the one dude in the party that goes straight for the oatmeal raisin instead of the chocolate chip cookies. Dude, you could me, ask. You could ask Tyler. Me too. You seen me do it? I am immediately a, a hundred times over going for oatmeal raisin before I go chocolate chip. <laughs> It's just a better cookie. It's a better cookie. It's a better cookie. It's a better cookie. Speaking of. So what do you think? uh, Cookie shape? (laughs) No. No, not cookie shape. I was going to say happy birthday to Tyler. Beautiful listener of ours celebrated a birthday this past week. So what's up? Happy birthday. Uh, Best cereal shape. This is tough because it's like, I'll tell you right now, it's not Captain Crunch. I don't like eating (laughs) razor blades. Um, why is it so jagged? Yeah, it's just this is such a weird question because this is not the question that you're normally asked. You know, what I what I think is what's the best cereal flavor, but cereal shape, it's a little bit tougher of like a 
I don't, I don't know because like you kind of want to say something like tricks, but like old tricks, not the fucking balls trick yeah. that they give us nowadays. Yeah, the joke tricks. Yeah, but as far as like a okay, so the real question: What this is how we're gonna start this? Are you a cereal then milk person, or are you a milk then cereal person? Uh, people who do milk then cereal get get lost like you're yep. wasting the potential of the cereal Perfect. you do cereal then you're like okay that's enough cereal and just you know enough milk to make it rise and then we're good yeah second thing is are you a texture guy like do you care if your cereal gets like a little soggy towards the end of the bowl i expect it if it doesn't i'm like what kind of magic is this okay so i i have no problem with textures like my my there's very few things in this world that I do not eat. Uh, none of them have to deal with texture. It's all taste for me. My mouth is either like, this tastes good or this tastes bad. Bruh. I like when the cereal gets soggy at the end. It's good in the beginning or whatever. But when I can like scoop spoonfuls of frosted flakes, like a, just a disgusting <laughs> amount of frosted flakes on a spoon and throw it in Especially my mouth and it not just shoot scars up and down my gums that's a good day so i want to say something like tricks where it's you know shapes actually i have two answers one of them has to kind of do a taste the other one not so much answer number one i love things like frosted flakes or a uh puffed rice like a fruity pebbles cocoa pebbles like just Mm spoonfuls of cereal sand halfway through that bowl, you know? (laughs) Okay. The second one, and probably the true answer because it's unique, it's a cool shape, and the flavor matches perfectly, is something like waffle crisp. Oh. Because that little waffles, little waffly, little maple syrupy, but they're little waffles? Come on, bro. That's just a good cereal. That's a good cereal. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. I but mean, for mouth pleasure while eating, probably something closer <laughs> to like a frosted flake. <laughs> so you're a flakes dude, not a ring dude, or a puff dude, or a ball dude. It, it's so because I look as I'm as I get older, I'm like, I took the break from milk or whatever, and I am lactose intolerant, bro. Like, my, I've, oof, I've been eating ice cream for the last two days. I say that as right after I say that I'm lactose intolerant, but I've been eating ice cream <laughs> mistake every time, every time it's horrible. But I, I, I fuck with cereal like hard, especially growing up and like stuff like sugar smacks, like an underrated cereal in my opinion, like sugar, sugar oh, smacks are S tier cereal. Uh, pretty good. Fruity pebbles. <laughs> amazing. Pretty you know, rice crispy treats were fine. They're fine. But like pretty much anything that I can just soak in milk, it, it's going to be good. I liked Raisin Bran growing up. Yeah. I like the Fiber One cereal is not even oh, bad. Yeah. You yeah. know? You can't go wrong with cereal. I don't want Bran Flakes. But the the correct answer is ring because it's like you're eating little life server, life, like life savers, like life preservers. Preservers? Is that what you call them? You know, thanks to throw out to people who are drowning. Yeah. And you could, you know, you could pretend like, oh no, I gotta save these people by eating them. I just maybe that's just me. The only good ring I'm a is, uh, 
is uh, I don't know, like Frosted Cheerios. That's an S tier ring, ring cereal though. It's like Frosted Cheerios are bust, pretty much. Mm, yeah, I'm like a Fruit Loops guy, so. That's oh yeah, or Apple Jacks. I'm Apple Jacks Dude, over Fruit Loops. I I love a good ring shaped cereal. I don't know what it is. I dig flakes and all the other stuff, but there's something about the ring that's like, you kind of get the, you know, the nice little kind of. Uh, uh, thickness so it doesn't get soggy super quick but by the time you get to the bottom they are soft enough so I don't know I think ring but that's just me I'm yeah I mean it's not a bad choice especially because like the problem is is I have to try to take taste out of the equation you know I'm just looking at the cereal shape as a shape not as a tasty thing and that's where the hard part comes in because I can't like you know I'm not trying to differentiate because like even you look at something like a Chex Mix. Like Cinnamon Chex. That's pretty good. It's so good. But man, again, it likes, it just, it, it's got the little holes in it. So it's just like, hey, Mel, come on through so I can get soggy all quick. That's where I, see, this is why I asked about the soggy thing in the beginning, because it does not bother me. It's it's fair. I, it's fair. It doesn't bother me. But I'd rather there be a little like, Ba, 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 ba. Give and you me a can't little say bit that anyway because it's crunchy. Literally, a ring has a hole in the middle of it. It's like milk. Come on, right through. So, argument invalid. But it's contained. It's sort contained, of. and it's got the little hole, so it, it holds it. And it, as it gets softer, it's still got the crunch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I know it, it's it, this is a tough one. And I understand why you went with it because it is a weird question because I'd rather have talked about flavors. But that would have almost been a harder conversation yeah. than shapes. Yeah, because it's what hits you during that day. Oh, man, I'm feeling a little healthier. I want to go a little more adult cereals. So let me no. do some fiber one. Never, except some for blueberry. Great nuts, nuts all wheat. day. <laughs> blueberry shredded wheat. I agree. That's I agree. fire. That's fire. That's magic. Uh, well, to move along to something that doesn't have cereal, I do just want to touch on the bi-weekly update at this point that I finished Game of Thrones, all right? And I'm going to give my final recap of how I feel about the show. And just like everyone else, okay, seasons one through seven, absolute bangers. The halfway through season seven, they start to time jump a little more than I would like. Uh, but Overall, it's is still a great show. Season eight, mm-hmm. they just shit the bed on. And like I understand you gotta push for the money or whatever, but like the ending of this spoiler alerts before I say something I'm not supposed to. The way they kill Cersei <laughs> and Jamie, trash. The way that they do the Jon Snow Khaleesi thing, trash. The ending where all of a sudden, now Bran's the king. Trash. Uh, Jon Snow has to go back to the Night's Watch. Trash. You know, like it's just like it. It, it, it they, 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 there's just nothing explained. It's it's infuriating because it's like he stabs that girl. The dragon smells him. It's like mm, you're a Targaryen too, but you did just murder my girl. You know, and it's just like I'm gonna pick her up and I'm gonna fly away, and that's it. That's it. It's over. There's no more show. That's all. That's all they're going to tell you. That's all you know. And 
like the last two episodes, half of the episode is literally dramatic <laughs> base shots pulling away as these fools are contemplating all the horrors that are happening. Go fuck yourself. You just beat the army of the dead. Be happy. Get drunk. You know, do the things. But they just shit all over that eighth season, man. It, it really was everything people said it was. And that is it's trash. Just, yeah, it, it, it just rushed. They rushed into it when they, they shouldn't it. have. People would have people waited five years for like a good series finale. It you did, know, like yeah. people would be like, we'll be here. We're not Write going the book, anywhere. Bro. <laughs> you know, just finish writing the book and then we'll go from there. Yeah. It, it yeah. really was. It was rushed. The dialogue in it was horrible. You could tell, like, some they were so elegant, ele- eloquent, elegant. You got it. Why does that word sound bad? Oh. Um, they were so oh. elegant for the, like, the first six seasons. Like, everything that they said felt like it had purpose. They, they, it was beautiful. Their, their speech was beautiful, except for the Dothraki. Everyone else's speech was beautiful. And then you get to the eighth season and it's just like they're learning words for the first time. And it's just like, this is the sentences that we're going to put together. It, it was, <laughs> look, I will still go down and say, overall, it is one of the greatest television shows and works of art ever given to man. Uh, it's, it's an amazing show. It, it, it really is one of the best shows ever made. The eighth season knocks it down like two notches, and that's saying something. It's still an amazing show. I'm glad I got to see that it was wrapped up, but come on, guys. Like, even for me, like, I would have been even more pissed if I'd have watched it as it came out. If I'd have had to wait for each episode, I'd have been even more pissed off. But especially as you get to the last couple, you're like, what is this bullshit? The last two. It's going to get better, right? (laughs) The last two were rough. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because, like I said, it is what it is. Everyone knows. But considering this is the first time I ever watched it, it is everything that you guys said it was going to be. So good luck. But still an amazing show. I still, you know, employ people to watch it. But just like my friends told me, stop after season seven and then wait for the book to come out and see what happened. Even mm-hmm. though they probably just ruined that last book because of the writing in the last season. Well, maybe. maybe. Only if he know. explains all the stuff that they just skipped for no reason, it's it could be, to. it could make it good. Right? Yeah. Well, you hope so. But again, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this tonight. Still a 10 out of 10 show. That was garbage. A season's garbage. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, Game of Thrones. It's I'm going to be pissed off. Uh, well, from one uh, fantasy universe to another, um, D&D's coming out with a game here soon called D&D, or sorry, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Uh, uh, looking pretty good, you know. So this is one that we talked about not long ago, right? We talked about the, no, I don't, this is. No, because we talked about Baldur's Gate. That's what it was. We did kind of mention this because I think we brought up that they were like they were making a D and D open world RPG, and I think I even brought Baldur's Gate up as like the uh, the competition because like Baldur's Gate uses a lot of five E stuff within the game, so it's weird to me that this is like um, it's set in Icewind Dale though. Ooh, 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not mad at that. It, I mean, this is as Dungeons and Dragons as you can get, considering that yeah. they're basically the ones publishing it. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast is publishing. Uh, it's coming to PC in June. The one thing I will say is for a game of what could be this caliber, I haven't heard that much about it, and it's coming out in a couple couple months. Like, it just does not seem um, like enough time, you know? I just don't, I don't necessarily think it's enough time. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. <laughs> I just don't think it's enough time <laughs> for them to release, like, a legitimate. I'm curious if it's going to be a full price game. Uh, I think it is, because, I mean, you can pre-order it and do all that stuff, and, I mean... I think when I checked it out, it was 60 bucks for it. And unless you want to pay for like the gold edition or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm interested in, in checking it out. Cause it is, you know, it's done by the dudes who do dungeons and dragons. So that makes me think that they would have such a hand in it that they're going to make sure it's as um, faithful to their own brand that they wouldn't put out something that's like, meh, you know? Again, it's it's real weird to me because they named it Dark Alliance and Baldur's Gate has two Dark Alliance games. Yeah. So I just I don't I don't know. Do I want this to be amazing? Yes. Do I think it's going to be? No. I think for a better D&D experience, you you'd be better off going to play Baldur's Gate personally. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. For $60, I yeah. don't think I'm going to fuck with it, though. I'd I'd rather pay the sixty for Baldur's Gate, something I know Truen still has like yeah. a D and D esque. I mean, it's pretty wild because they're following like the Forgotten Realm stuff, and they've they're even featuring one of the big like names out there for their world uh, from the story side of things, written by R. A. Uh, Salvatore uh, Drizzt, which is like a dark elf main character rogue. So it's interesting that they're actually pulling like characters they've created <laughs> into this thing i don't know i'm yeah. interested i i might check it out and then check back in and let you guys know uh in a few months if if i'm able to get a hold of it to kind of see but i i don't know i'm interested anything D, &D will try it and you said you best, have an xbox but, right yeah maybe this will be because i've been and i've talked to you about it a couple times but i've been looking for a game that we can play as like the podcast you know so Maybe I'll look at like, maybe we'll look because I have an Xbox. I got an Xbox one yeah. behind me, you know. Maybe yeah. we'll break out something. I'd be able to stream it, It'd be easy enough. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll take a look. Sixty dollars is a hard ask, maybe. though. I'm not gonna lie. With all the games that have been out, I it just yeah. And I just spent sixty dollars on Call yeah. of Duty. I did that. It's it sucks. I'm not proud of it, but it's like the only <laughs> game that I'm having legitimate fun with right now. So I broke out a bunch of old stuff lately. Now I'm going to try to go back and play. Um, but Dark Alliance is on that list. I broke that out because that was one of my favorite PS2 era games like, ever made. Mm. It's an amazing game. It's an amazing co-op game, which yeah. makes me hope that anytime they break out with something like this, I just hope the co-op version of it's good. See, I'm the opposite, man. I'm all single story. I'm all like story mode guy playing with himself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> For me, I just like, I like, I love video games for the community part of it, like the playing with friends. And, you know, it's a big reason why I'm not a huge WoW player anymore. 
but it it uh it's one of those things like i like playing video games with people whether it's with or against like i'm i'm a lot of the return value for me in video games is playing with someone sure i i genuinely have more fun doing co-op stuff and, and whatnot so we'll see i mean again that's that's something we'll kind of keep track of but i do i have high hopes no do i hope it exceeds expectations hell yeah well, moving right along in the game sphere, uh, Monopoly, one of the classics from forever and ever ago, the game that everybody's played at least once, maybe. Um, looks like uh, Hasbro's planning on doing a long overdue socially conscious makeover. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Uh, based- Go ahead. Go ahead. They're basically looking at changing the community chest, uh, the 16 cards, and updating them with the concepts and adding kind of a new element to it where you get rewards for doing in-game actions such as rescuing a puppy or shopping at a local, uh, uh, shopping local. So, like, or, you know, getting penalized for forgetting to recycle or blasting your music too late at night. What the fuck? What is this fucking... Okay. Uh, I've done so good without cussing this episode. Okay, I was so proud of myself. Look, I want you guys to know, looking at this article, this is... They know. They fucking know. The people that put this stuff together, they know. The ads on this article are Dr. Seuss books canceled and woke culture on a war path. Okay. <laughs> the second ad school district cancels Dr. Seuss celebration over racial undertones. Okay. That's wild. I need no more. Do they not know the type of game that they made? This game doesn't get played for fun. Okay. I don't need, first of all, the game penalizing me for not recycling. Don't, fucking tell me to recycle okay go tell fucking general motors to follow epa regulations first not my goddamn problem all right my carbon footprint relatively small compared to the thousands of organizations just spewing bullshit into the atmosphere second the game's never gonna get finished all right and if now i have to start rescuing fucking puppies or buying local with the the fact that they even put that as like an option does that mean they're going to give me the option for to buy Amazon or Walmart in the game? Or are they going to be like, you can either go to the <laughs> farmer's market or starve. Like, these are your two options. You get these two options. Mm. They're, <laughs> the fact, like, in 2021, the fact that we're changing 80-plus-year-old games to meet the needs of people... In today's age, to make them happy, no one's happy playing Monopoly. No one. It's a bullshit-ass game in a time where real estate is bullshit, (laughs) commercial and residential, and all you're worried about is making sure that you're politically correct in a game that is so fucked to begin with and literally started the rage quit epidemic way before video games, right? (laughs) Monopoly may be the original rage quit game, the flip the fucking table game. Like I'm done. I it just it's one of those things what where instead of focusing your money on this in your production on this because I'm sure I'm sure 
Parker Brothers is not the most environmentally efficient to come at me with some bullshit where community <laughs> is strong. Okay, look, we're in Colorado. We know a thousand times over what community's like. Parker Brothers, you're not fucking helping. It doesn't matter. When when the pandemic struck, do you think my community came together to make sure everyone had fucking toilet paper or hamburger or <laughs> rice? Fuck no, they didn't. They said, fuck my neighbor. I have a lot of money, and I'm going to buy all the shit this store lets me. Do you think Safeway gave a shit when Mary Jail Joe over here bought 18 fucking cases of toilet paper the third day we were in lockdown? No, they fucking didn't because they're card approved. Monopoly, the last fucking thing you need to do is to adhere to these types of people because you just don't want to get canceled. At this point, it doesn't fucking matter. They're canceling everything. I could start canceling Monopoly as an unwinnable game right now. It's just bullshit. I'm so sick of the changing of past things to make future people happy. It's none of your goddamn business. At this point, if you don't like it, don't play it. It's literally a capitalist society that we live in. If you don't like how Monopoly is, don't play it. I like Monopoly. I don't fucking play it because I don't like Monopoly. <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. And do you think I'm going to rush to Walmart? Because buy local, all right? Sorry. The pandemic got rid of all my local <laughs> shops to buy local of because that's how the government works. They don't make enough money. But I'll go to Walmart who doesn't recycle and isn't local but and that's why I'm going to buy your game that tells me to buy local and recycle and do all these things. It's 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 moronic. I just do not understand why this is an issue and why we keep dealing with this shit. I do not fucking understand. It is infuriating the way that like these large companies and corporations are like bowing down to the minority. And I don't mean that in a racist way, but like in a way that, like, this type of shit matters to people. The Karens of the world. Fuck those people. All right? I have Monopoly, or I have, yeah, I have Monopoly games from 1952 in my room right now. Care to me. I played Monopoly growing up. The Monopoly that I played in the 90s is the Monopoly that I like. And now you're going to change it because the fucking Zoomers are butthurt about everything that doesn't get to go on TikTok. I don't give a shit. You're losing business because of this. It, it's just my opinion. Rant over. Well, and it's like if you're going to change the community chest, I feel like there's other aspects of the game that you have to start changing too. Like the fact that railroads are still like a big ticket thing seems buck What do you do? Phone companies at that point? You have a T-Mobile, you, a Verizon, Xfinity, <laughs> AT&T? We were, we, we were joking and saying like uh, – uh, car sharing services so you'd have uber lyft uh your friend jim and you know whatever <laughs> you could do social media be a tiktok facebook oh, you could, yeah you could do that instagram discord shout out woo -woo. twitter <laughs> it, it just it, again it's one of those things like i hate that we're going into the past to change all these things that people that weren't even around during those times have a say in changing because of what? Cultural appropriation. Underlying tones. Okay? Fuck you. What the fuck is an underlying tone? And something that was written in 1958. Like, they, it, it's 1958. Don't blame them yeah. for the, the, like, 
it's like blaming our ancestors. It's like getting blamed for shit that our ancestors did. I didn't do this, right? He wasn't there. You weren't there. I weren't there. It, 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 it's just one of those things. We understand that there's problems in the past, but they're in the past now. As long as we learn from those things, awesome. That's the whole point. We don't want to repeat history. But if something was made in history and it's still made today, there's no reason to change it. There's a reason it's still around. Yeah. It's, it's tried and true. Just leave it. You know, people want to come at you. There's oh, a, we don't agree with this. We'll take a poll. Yeah. There's a charm to old games that you don't want it to be changed. Sure, it might be outdated in some sense, but that's kind of the, like, you feel like you're playing something that was like, wow, this was made almost 100 years ago, and here I am playing this thing that hasn't been changed, and there's a charm to it. Like, I have an winning a blue. A beauty con. Well, I'm sure always, but like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I understand what you're saying. And I a hundred percent think you're right. There are certain things that need a cultural update. Okay. I have a shoots and ladders game that does not include a black child on the cover. Like, yeah. Update that. Update that. Did they change the rules of shoots and ladders? No. But they got with the times. They did the right thing. They got with the times. Okay. And when that game was made, that was the norm. Whether it was right or wrong, whether you agree with it or don't, it does not matter. Because at that time, that's what those people thought was right. That's what did its thing. Okay. Yes, they grew over time. They changed it. They added diversity as they should have. Something like the rules to Monopoly just leave it just leave it it's it's not important enough there's no underlying tones except for the fact that me as a 30 year old dirt goddamn 31 year old grown man cannot purchase real estate in the state that i live in for the last almost 20 years yeah that's the problem Mm -hmm. you know like not the fact that i'm not recycling or i needed to go save puppies because that's not puppies aren't what the game's about literally says it on the bottom of the box it's a real estate game it's not a puppy saving game it's not a recycling game it's a give me all your money because i own it and you don't game that's what the game's based off yeah yeah there are certain things in this world that i just do not i just i it just it is one of the reasons that i'm losing faith in humanity is because of instead of Standing your ground and and staying true to what you believe in, these people are just bowing down to the slightest bit of adversity. Some of it, granted, a lot of it, not. It's just it's just one of those things. It, it it's frustrating, and it's especially coming from a nostalgia standpoint. It's just like cool, fuck me, right? Like loyal customer for years. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll just I'm gonna go I'm gonna go play Stratego because they're not changing. Just capture the flag still. I don't know. We'll see. Hasbro's been making some some choices lately. You know, first with Mr. Potato Head, now. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, moving right along, though. Um, you know, we like food here, as we've done reviews and and spotlights on different things. Well, here's one that's super crazy. Pringles is coming out with a Moa Burger flavor of chips inspired by the Halo bird beast thing i guess yeah i'm maybe 
Moa are large flightless birds that are similar to the real and extinct bird from New Zealand. Is that a dodo? Dodo, maybe. Maybe. I don't. As a Halo how do fan? you make a flavor? How, how do you make a, a flavor on something that's fictional? Like, it seems weird that you would be like, we know it's a bird. That's I it. Guess, <laughs> like, I like. Does it taste like chicken? Is it know. beef? Pig? The only Halo that I haven't played through is Halo 5. Like, I've never played through the campaign. I've only played multiplayer stuff. I just think I'm missing something. I don't know what the what the importance of the Moa burger is. Yeah. You know? It's weird. And the picture they it's show here a, like, is a four. Okay. The picture that they show on this has four gigantic patties, four pieces of cheese. It's got some onions. Well, maybe some pickles, some shredded lettuce. And on the bottom, it almost looks like it has a hot Cheeto dust sauce, which does not sound that bad. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Half of the time, these it's, things, Lace has been doing this. I just, there are very few times you get this right. And from a collector standpoint, if you're like a, like me as a collector, I don't collect a lot of like, video game paraphernalia like i'm for the most part strictly the games themselves i'm not collecting hot wheels or anything else that has to deal with stuff if i find them cool but i'm not actively searching anything out like this and that's the type of thing this is is like people that are like i have to have everything that's ever been released that has halo's name on it licensed but is the chip good probably not that good it's probably What's our go-to word on this podcast? Serviceable. It's probably serviceable. Am I actively going to search out this chip? Probably not. The beauty of this, though, is that unlike the Lay's potato chips, is that we don't know what the flavor of a Moa burger is supposed to be. So whatever they make it, hey, you nailed it. (laughs) This is true. It's hard to be disappointed in a flavor that you don't know what it tastes like. You don't know. So... I did not think about it. That that is a very good point. That is they a just very win. good point. They might just win the day because of that fact. I don't know. It just seems like this was something they made for the new Halo game that was supposed to be out. Last but year. they were sitting on a bunch of chips and were like, hey, we got to push this. This product's about to turn. We got to push it. It was originally called the uh, Cortana Burger, but uh, it's gone stale. So now it's the Moa Burger. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cortana Burger was such a better name. They do say that Halo is supposed to come Anything out. Anything would have been better. So, give me a warthog sandwich. You know, like literally anything. Could yeah, have been it's better just barbecue it's... pork. Yeah, easy like, peasy. Boom, and you got your reference to Halo connecting it. But instead, you go for this deep, dark pull of a Moa. Ah, and you're like, boom! Everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it just is for me. It just doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm a big fan of the look. You want to talk about an underrated chip? The Pringles nacho cheese tortilla chips. Pringles nacho. Oh yes, yes, yes. They're Sorry, like the whole wheat, like, yeah, almost yeah. banging. The, I'm more excited for the burger that they put in this picture than I am for the chip. Just saying. I'm <laughs> excited for Halo. They really they're they've got yeah. got one shot. Uh. But yeah, this doesn't this doesn't move the pants at all. Just yeah. 
another like money grab Halo kind of game, thing. fake Moa burger, Pringles Give chips. Me the real That's kind of the order they're in right now. <laughs> right? That's what we need. The real Moa looks good. But, yeah, it looks like the Heart Attack Cafe burger. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm You know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of my favorite characters of all time, the blue bur- blur, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is celebrating a 30th anniversary this year. That's crazy. And right? so, yeah, for special 30th anniversary, 80 page comic book. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm featuring not three stories. Like the whole thing is Oh, it's so good. Those comics are so great back in the day. I mean, they s- still are. I haven't read them in forever, but like when I was into it, it was like I was all about give me that, you know, because Sonic oh, and all the other characters with it are just fantastic. Yeah, because maybe we'll talk about it on a different show, but like even the animated series wasn't the worst, oh. you know, dude, those those early nineties ones with like uh, Jaleel white doing the voices on them, the adventure Sonic, the hedgehog, they were good. So freaking good. Especially like the compared to the Mario the best, ones, but like, yes, the, the super Mario brothers show was hot trash. And I just rewatched a couple episodes of it. Not too long ago. Hot trash. <laughs> uh, but the, from what I can remember, the Sonic ones were legitimately decent especially for that time and especially coming from a game that doesn't really have like a quote unquote story. Yeah. You know, there there's pieces that you can piece together, but like a full storyboard is tough and they made a good show. The names that they have on this, I imagine. uh, Oh my God. Have you read this entire thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just oh, about to share go, that the uh go ahead. Go the, ahead. The fi- the final story is written by you know you and I's favorite brothers of all time, the McElroy brothers. It's written by Justin Travis and Griffin McElroy of the Adventure Zone, which is like these guys can do no wrong. If you want to be in Trolls World Tour, we're there. If you want to do a Sonic thing, we're there. If you're gonna do a weird spin-off of Taz do it we're there like they can do no wrong (laughs) that is amazing okay because i i read like i skimmed through you know it's just like oh cool cool. i did not get to this it sonic learns to drive by justin travis and griffin mcelroy man is that not perfect for him they could charge 60 dollars for this book and i would buy it to read the 30 pages that they wrote yeah uh, we get a new Adventure Zone graphic novel soon. And if you guys have not checked it out, look, I'll be the first uh, to admit, I will shout out their podcast to the world and back for free. It does not matter. They deserve every bit of fame and praise that they get. They're, yeah. they're legitimately amazing. They're the most creative people that I've probably ever listened to in my life. And to put them up behind, especially for, for Justin and Griffin, because... Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that they are original founders of Polygon, um, one of the largest video game reporting sites in the world. And that's their baby. That's where they yeah. got their money. And then, you know, started with their podcast, one of many. Uh, but their live action D&D stuff is amazing. And the graphic novels turned out amazing. And just seeing those names on this book is it's an automatic buy for me. 
Yeah. It's an automatic buy for me, especially considering that people that do Sonic Story do it well. And if this shows me that they're trying to do it well, I'm down. And one of the yeah, one of the best parts about it, I mean, you said you'd spend 60 bucks on this. It's only going to be $20 for a deluxe edition. So Is the deluxe you know. hardback? Uh, it doesn't say, but I mean, it might just be like a trade paperback where it's just a thick book. I don't know if I talked about it last week. A little off subject, but the same. The only reason I ask, none of the Adventure Zone books are hardcover when you buy them. Yeah. But I've been looking for new books. I've been reading a lot lately. And I ended up buying, I've read a lot of World of Warcraft books in the past, probably like close to 10 of their stories randomly. And World of Warcraft came out with a graphic novel. Uh, and I got kind of excited. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I, I'm due for a new graphic novel or whatever. And I got it. And it was hardback. Yeah. And for me, like, hardback is the way to go. Full color. It looks gorgeous. Jesus. And, and for the price that I paid for it and everything and the artwork that's in it, well worth it. And because it showed up hardback without me realizing that it was going to be a hardback book, I will buy every one of these. Because now yeah. I need the set. And <laughs> just because it showed up hardback. So I wish they made, especially like all of our Walking Dead books are hardback. Like we made sure to buy them in the hardback versions. And there's just something about it. And I think it's just integrity or dexterity of the book itself. It just lasts longer, especially if you read it quite a bit. But even still, I mean, if they were to come out and, and say, hey, we'll throw you a hardback one for 45, I'd buy it 100%. Sure. That's exciting. We'll see. That yeah. that's real exciting. I'm excited for the story and the graphic novel of Sonic, let alone the fact that the McRoy's got to write one. That just makes it a added bonus. Yeah, well, uh look forward in your comic book shops, your local comic book shops, October fifth. Or just go talk to him for that matter. Just go talk to him, say, Hey, can I can I order this book in when it comes in? So Oh dude. Um uh, in addition, on June 22nd, IDW will be releasing Sonic the Hedgehog, the IDW Collection Volume 1 for $60 to kick off a new line of oversized hardcover editions oh. that will encompass the ongoing series, annuals, and miniseries in the recommended reading order. Holy shit. I Somehow I skipped that. I don't know how I missed that. Um, cool. Good so Lord. eventually oh that story in theory would be coming out on hardback but they're gonna start with uh looks like the first volume includes sonic the hedgehog 1 through 12 with a complete fallout the fate of dr eggman eggman mm. and battle for angel island story arcs for fans to enjoy that's exciting cool bet Wild. that's money to look i need to buy a house soon dude yeah <laughs> just for the books alone i'm running out of space <laughs> um this one we'll just touch on real quick they're coming out with the lord of the rings golem game in which you play as golem um i'm sure the whole thing is that you're in search for the ring uh but they just released the new teaser trailer kind of showing a bit more of the gameplay the one before that was kind of their teaser you know cinematic trailer if you will it so and maybe you can, because I, I feel like they're coming out with the new Lord of the Rings game in general. Is this a playable character within the game, or does he have like a standalone game coming out? Did this seems something? like it's, yeah, I think this is its own contained 
game, which is very interesting considering Golem isn't the most um, intimidating character. It's or not likeable. like you're going to be swinging, swinging, you know, swords or any of that stuff. So it really makes you wonder what all is going to be. And maybe that's involved. why I was thinking that it was going to be like a, that it wasn't a standalone game. That right. it was like a DLC or an add-on to an existing or coming out Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, huh. as far as I could tell, though. Yeah, it's a standalone. So go check that out. I mean, they've got trailers out there. Uh, Google it. and It looks dope. Yeah. I just don't know how much story you gain out of that, you know? I mean, it's, it's a different perspective. And the fact you get to be Gollum looking, I, I'm assuming looking for the ring, a lot more stealth, which is kind of cool. But I don't know. It's I'm torn on it. I don't know. Spoken like a true <laughs> Assassin's Creed fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with the stealthy stuff. Um. Oh yeah, movie news. Big movie news before we start about uh, before we talk about some more movies. Um. So James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, jumped ship over to DC and directed the sequel to. Uh, the Suicide Squad that came out a few years back with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Well, he's just released the new trailer and he's just released this collection of character posters and it's it's gearing up to look amazing so far. <laughs> it's hard to not like anything that James Gunn does. Um, and I believe that this was smart on DC's part to get a Marvel director because apparently they're doing something right over there. So it makes sense to me that, that you would bring in like a heavy hitter, like a James Gunn to like really make it seem top tier. You know, the problem I have is like, sadly, I'm just not that big of a fan of DC stuff. I, I just, I'm really not. And that's sad to say, because I feel like, you know, but I'm really a Marvel superhero kind of person. I feel like this was an interesting move by DC because at the time before he filmed this thing, uh, some tweets came out, some old ass tweets came out. And as people do, they're like, Oh my God, he said this. And so basically Disney had let him go from uh, guardians. You know, they were like, Nope, we'll find somebody else. And there was a huge backlash. And if blah, I remember blah, blah, right, whatever. like the cast came out and was like, we don't want to do it without him basically right? yeah. yeah a bunch of them were like no we got his back if you say no to him then you don't got you don't have most yeah of we your... don't we don't think the movie's gonna hold up without him doing the third one i remember that because if i remember right too his tweets weren't like super off the wall or anything it wasn't, yeah underlying it wasn't. tones rick yeah that's the new yeah. that that's it that's the, the new thing and people stuff. are assuming they know what he meant when he was tweeting these things out the Again. implied intent that from somebody else yeah. is not the intent of the person. And but I don't want to say these things. I don't want any of these things to be misconstrued. All right. When I talk about it, I look at it and you might have to correct me. I look at it objectively like from mm -hmm. an outside standpoint. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I always get them mixed up subjectively, objectively. Anyways, Either you way. know, I look at it in the sense it's the same thing. Like when I watch game of Thrones, you know, like, do I think rape is bad? A hundred thousand percent. Does it have a place in that show? Yes. Sadly, it does. You know, but I don't look at it as in like these are horrible people. I can't believe they're 
doing this because it's a fucking show, you know? Same thing with stuff like that. Like, everything is open to everyone's personal interpretation. I love the fact that, like, Mm. the cast and crew came out and was just like, look, without that dude, I don't even want to do the movie because he's the reason the first two were so great. I think we just keep with it. That doesn't seem that bad. Let the people suck a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that, as anybody should do, they should look at a situation from all angles. I know that seems weird. But play devil's, you know, advocate sometimes. Maybe see it from the other side and go, oh, maybe that's what he meant. Instead of just jumping on it and be like, oh, no, I'm slightly miffed by this. Or just the fact that like, hey, eight years ago, that dude was probably a different guy. You know, the same thing with anything across the board, especially (laughs) with celebrities. You know, their life changes in such a hurry that your slow keyboard warrior ass cannot cannot com- comprehend. Jesus, I had a little stutter there. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just think about it as a human being. And if you were in their shoes and had their fame or their money or whatever else, just think about it. 10 years ago, they were probably a different person. 10 years ago, I was 21 years old. 21. Oh all right. If you guys have listened to the last 30 episodes, you would not have liked me at 21. All right. Not have liked me at 21. I am a tame, calm, collected version of the Toby you know today compared to the Toby that I was at 21. It's it's a difference. Yeah. Right. And I don't want to be blamed for the shit that I did 10 years ago before I learned the things that I've learned in the last 10 years. Yeah, no. It's it's <laughs> yeah. unfair to people. It's unfair to us as people. You know, it's just one of those things. But that's cool. I think that's going to yeah. turn out to be a good thing. And they're going to get me to watch a DC movie immediately because of the fact who they have behind it. God. It's oh my god. It's so over the top. It's a strong R-rated movie too. Like there's a scene where Shark uh King Shark basically it's a guy whole like just Oh, um, swallow the Stallone, dude right? Uh, is King Shark Stallone? Uh, That's what could, I thought I heard. Is it? It could be. Yeah, that. I don't. know. We might have to go back and double check. But at Hold any on, rate, I have the article up. Do it. Um, a featuring a cast that includes Sylvester Stallone providing the voice of King Shark. There it is. Dope. Motherfucking Rocky, eating people alive. It's good. It's gonna yeah, be basically. That's going to be sweet. So check it out. All the fun stuff comes out in August. Before we move along here, because uh, I believe we are closing out on the news. I do want to ask. I said that I'm not a huge DC fan. How are the Suicide Squad movies? I've, I've never seen them. I plan on watching them. Um, I mean, God, this is tough for me because I like all superhero stuff. So I'm not a great one. I'm being like standing back and be like oh they're all bad because you know i like the original justice league and i like the new snyder cut i like suicide squad the first one and i'm sure i'm gonna really enjoy the sequel so what about birds uh, of prey did you like that i did like it like i thought it was different i I heard birds of prey was really good like i heard more praise for that the most i heard about the original suicide squad movie is that jared leto's joker was garbage but i'm a huge fan of margot robbie as Harley Quinn, like I think she is the epitome of a Harley Quinn. Yeah. 
and yeah. everyone else seemed to do just fine. But you hear so much hate on that one person because Jared Leto does like his method acting stuff, and I you think know, I just you didn't hear a lot about act the actual quality of the movie. You heard a yeah. lot about the back end of that movie. You know the the hijinks that happened from Jared Leto being in character and doing yeah. things to the other cast members which kind of overshadowed the movie which made people go in with a weird like it's kind of weird and then they watch it and they see his portrayal of the joker and it's different it's not like any other joker out there yeah. but it's his take and that's the fun thing about the joker is that he's kind of a chameleon character where you can't really pin down exactly this is joker even though yeah we all know i mean his story has changed so many times over the years that however you see fit at that point to play the Joker over the dozens of universes that he's been a part of. Yeah. It, I mean, it truly is up to you, like your own betrayal. So betrayal. I don't know. I, I say watch it all and you decide. Cause yeah, but you're also I a mean, movie freak and I can only trust you as far as I can throw you and you're about my I know, size. It's really We're like, not throwing each other very far, bro. <laughs> it's had like two sumos going at it but not with without the skills of a sumo yeah but you have like that scottish back end on you and you guys like flip poles and shit for fun so <laughs> i imagine you could probably huck me if you needed me needed to nah not this guy we're not hucking nobody nowhere <laughs> uh you watched a movie my friend so this movie that you watched netflix original uh rim of the world yeah yeah, I uh I've been looking at this movie for quite a while. Daisy and I had put it on our list cuz it was kind of like Goonies-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh the biggest thing that got me about this movie is the director. So the director is Mick G. And for me, it oh. Mick G is the director of Supernatural. And if you guys are a fan of Supernatural, which you should be because it's an amazing show. He does a great job. So seeing McGee, he's done other things. I think like Charlie's Angels, a uh, couple other, couple other things. But we really kind of got like pulled into it because we love the director. It's a Netflix original. It's a it's a kids adventure movie. It's a mm-hmm. I say Goonies esque, but it's it's for kids. And the premise of the show is they end up. All the kids are from different communities or whatever for whatever different background. They ended up all at the same camp and somehow all end up in the same group. And while they're at camp, aliens invade Earth and they make it back to camp. Their camp has gone down the mountain. So now they are these four kids that end up running into an astronaut that has fallen to Earth and gives them the key to humanity's survival, like a legitimate physical key. And where they're at, they're pretty much at, I think it's Tahoe, uh, but there's 70 miles outside of Pasadena and the place that they're trying to get to, the Pasadena Palisade, I don't remember. Anyways, not important. <laughs> the place that they're trying to get to is like 70 miles away from where they're at at this camp. So the story pretty much like, goes through the adventures that they make as this like ragtag group of come together friends and getting from the camp that they were left at to saving humanity with this key that they were giving given from this astronaut. Uh, I love seeing people's 
like different people's portrayals of aliens. Like it's always mm-hmm. really interesting to me because we have the age old trope, like the grays and stuff like that. We know the uh, alien franchise, like we know different aliens, you know, and there's very few aliens in this world that scare us as people anymore because we just don't know, you know, we have our notion, but I always love seeing and McGee's take on these aliens were different. They were, they were different and it was very interesting way to do it. And I will say again, it's a Netflix original overall. The movie was very good. Like it was, it was definitely funny in the beginning. It had a little bit more, crude adult humor than I expected. Some of the jokes were like kind of off the cuff and if you know, you know, kind of jokes. And I think it was a great way to do it, especially to start it. It's kind of fun slides into the drama. There's enough drama. There's some courage. There's some, you know, getting over fear stuff, some realizations from these kids and you kind of see them grow as the movie goes along. But Overall, like for a Netflix original, they can kind of do no wrong at this point. I highly suggest it. I I think it was very good. It was, it definitely can be a kid's movie. You know, like if you wanted to watch it with your family, I definitely think it's a good choice. Uh, But it's just, it's an alien children's adventure movie, you know, where they're trying to save the world. And I will say, I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I can't hear you. The kids are very, um, I don't know that they're very much like, you know, there's the kind of sheltered weak for lack of a better word, kid. There's the rich bombastic kid. Who's like, yep. Oh, I'm, I'm the shit. You can't mess with me. And then there's the, the Japanese. Outcast. Yeah. It's like, it, it is a really cool combination of kids. Cause it's all, it is like Goonies where it's just mishmash of whatever push together, solve it. You know, it's yeah. From what I've seen, it's great so far. So absolutely check that out. Yeah, I like I said, I, I highly recommend it, especially for me. I mean, we've talked about it before. I'm not much of a movie watcher. Uh, and this one from the title screen that they show on Netflix to the actual execution of the movie, it was very good. I, I really did enjoy it. With all that being said, though, I think you watched a movie as well. What? I watch movies. Oh, I think. I I don't think you watched this one in theaters, though, right? (laughs) For the rare opportunity that I'm not allowed to be in the theater. Um, Yeah, we watched this one called Boss Level. It's on Hulu, and um, it's it's it does that thing of Groundhog's Day, where a a person's stuck in a time loop. This one in particular is a retired special forces officer who's trapped on the day that he dies so just the first thing you see is him basically getting shot up by a a helicopter it's freaking amazing but this has got a surprise cast in it with like mel gibson naomi watts damn uh will sasso uh michelle yao honey is all get out it reminds me of a video game with like the overtopness of it all and it almost feels playable in certain aspects i was and gonna ask as the story because the name kind of sounds like that like video game-esque and when you started talking about special yeah. forces i was like oh not where i thought this was going yeah um because 
basically as it unravels, like basically it's like he 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 learns the time. So like when he wakes up, a guy's trying to kill him, so he takes that guy out, and then it almost like there's almost like different levels of bosses. So the guy wakes up, takes him out. There's the helicopter guys, take them out, and then as he goes along, there's just tougher and tougher and tougher, you know, villains until the last one, who happens to be Mel Gibson. Spoiler, I guess, even though you find that out pretty pretty quick. Yes. But I don't know it 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 unravels in a way that feels very organic with it because you know, he's stuck in this loop and he just not going to give away too much more than that. But I highly recommend this one, especially if you like the kind of time loop stuff where somebody's just stuck, especially since it's got Frank Grillo, who's kind of a badass action star. Uh, you guys might remember him as crossbones from uh, uh, the captain America movies. So, huh. you know, check it out it's it's pretty great and you said this was on hulu hulu yeah perfect so yeah. rim of the world on netflix and boss level on hulu both recommended highly from the retro pod. you don't get that very often and they're like new movies man they're yeah double whammy you can basically get it's pretty great this yeah, week i'm liking that like crazy for our nostalgia we're going to talk about something that like i got to grow up with a little bit uh but you actually got to see kind of come into play heavily especially and given you're not that much older than i am but by the time some of this stuff started coming into play you could actually realize what was happening in society and what we're going to talk about today is early telecommunications devices (laughs) and we're not talking about your motorola razors all right, we're talking about your beepers, your pagers, your payphones, your early cell phones. <laughs> you think your service is bad today? You have no oh, idea. God. Now, you have no idea. The real question, because I know what mine was. What was your first device? What'd you get? We s- smoke signals. So you'd start a fire. <laughs> and you get a blanket and you'd use smoke and you'd control the amount of smoke that goes up and depending okay. on the puff size you'd know if there was danger it's like so Morse that was code. yeah more or less you just you have the people you communicate have to understand the okay if it's a darker cloud <laughs> anyway no going into high school my mom wanted to keep in touch with us because we were getting more active with friends and stuff so she went and got us my brother and i pagers pager and i couldn't tell you the brand or anything but it was basically a simple little uh one way you know somebody could text you and text you listen to me they would call your number and then they yeah i mean early fucking texting and they would enter either their phone number or it would just tell you their phone number or they can enter you know using the dial pad i mean you guys may realize this but there's actually letters that are go with each number okay uh, numeric stuff it's (laughs) For any listeners that do not know, okay, you're listening to Nostalgia and Retro and Pop Culture Podcast, okay? That means you're going to hear about things that you don't know. A pager is, I I don't really have anything close to the size, but if you imagine, it's it's, like imagine two tic-tac boxes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's like uh, almost that a had deck a clip, like a like a dad bod cell phone clip that went on your waistband, all right. And then it had this little small LED screen, 
LCD so. screen. LCD yeah. screen. Okay, LCD. before we knew that LCDs uh, could be part of TVs. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And just like Rick said, it's one of those things where, like, if I called your pager, I had the option to leave my number. I could also leave a message. And the one message you did not want to see on your Oof. pager, what was that message? 911. 911 meant that something was fucking wrong. Okay. 911 was something was wrong. It wasn't call 911, it was like 911 went meant call me now, all right? And I did not own a pager. But by the time I came of age, my brother owned a pager, okay? (laughs) My brother, I love you, Justin, turned 40 this year, right? Which is crazy to me. Like, I just do not picture him being that old. And he's still a child, just like I am, and it's amazing. But my brother had a pager. That was how we got a hold of Justin. When I was growing up, not only that, but at that time, like people didn't actively had cell, they didn't actively have cell phones. So if I caught you at Buckingham Mall <laughs> in Aurora and I paged you nine one one, you had to look for a payphone, right? And kids today, yeah. they're not gonna know what a payphone is. They're, they don't even know what <laughs> fucking change is let alone what a payphone is. Yeah. Right? But at some point, you had to carry around quarters just in case you had to call mm-hmm. someone when you, you were out in the general public. All right? So yeah. I, would, I would hit you on your pager with hopefully not a 911 text all right, with my number or, like you said, on old phones. Hopefully most of the people that listen to this pod know exactly what it was because I'm going to do a horrible job of explaining it. But It's hard. On original phones, there are 12, 12 buttons, uh, 10 of which are numbers, one through nine and a zero, which would have been your 10, and then plus mm-hmm. uh, star and pound. Pound, you guys know today as a hashtag, right? Pound. <laughs> That's what it is, right? And each number had a representation of letters. Uh, normally it was three letters per button, but given there's an odd number amount of letters, you had certain buttons that had four, which I yeah. believe was nine had nine X, had W X Y Z. Yeah. Um, and for each letter, so M N O, what I think was on six. If you wanted a O, you had to hit six three times in quick succession. And it would change. Oh, oh, all texting. Oh, here. It's amazing. Real quick. Here's, here's a fun one. Uh, go into your cell phone, go into your contacts. Like you're about to call somebody hit six, six, six. And for me, it pops up my mom's number. Cause mom is M O M, which is six, six, six. Oh, okay. <laughs> so really that's, that's for me. I don't know if you guys have mom in your phone if your mom's under mom or not but for me it is and i just find that kind of funny but yeah so you'd enter a small little message you could be like hey meet me here but it had to be small you had basically 15 characters not for you no no for me that it works for my, me if I my do mom's it. in my phone is mama too oh, so gotcha. it'd be like yeah. six 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 one <laughs> <laughs> not so interesting probably all right 
but uh so basically you can leave them a little message and or and if you didn't have any cash on you or any change sorry any quarters you'd have to actually go talk to somebody and be like hey can i borrow your phone like a business or where wherever because at the time cell phones were still the bricks that cost an arm and a leg and usually people would say no to that beast but we'll talk about yeah. that in a second so um moving into the next generation of like telecommunications things would be like early cell phones did you well when would did you get your first cell phone would you say know, this, is, this is such a weird conversation <laughs> this it, it's it's not gonna sound as old as what it is though that's the problem because yeah. like the way that i grew up my parents never paid for a cell phone there was no there was no pager there was no beeper i'd ask people's friends I I was able to afford my first cell phone when I was a sophomore in high mm. school, uh, which would have been 2005 to 2006 um, because I could get a job. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, my niece, I have a I have a niece that is six and she has the same iPhone. That I do. Um, that's, so that's the generation. When I was when I was a sophomore, I bought a cricket phone, and at that time, mm -hmm. it was a Kyra Sierra. It looked like the old Nokia Unbreakable oh, phones. Oh, Nokia Sierra. Yeah, yeah, it was like a square body, little uh -huh. LCD screen on it. It had Snake as a game. Oh, um, fucking Snake. There was Oof, no internet so good. on the phone. Like there was no internet. I could text. I could call. Oh. Um, there was no camera on the phone. No. It was, you know, and, and at that point, again, I was a sophomore, so I'd have been, you know, 15, 16. And I could text under my desk on the nine button system without looking. Like, you know, I can type now as a you know, I learned how to type in high school. I can. I don't have to look at the keyboard. I can chick, 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 all day. I could do the same thing on that Kyra Sierra phone. Like I could, <laughs> I could text you and be like speaking French to my teacher at the same time. Like it was pretty impressive. Right. That was when texting first started coming up. Like, uh, like I remember going through high school, and it was probably only a couple years before that. Like that, cell phones were common knowledge for like kids mm -hmm. you know before that like you said people were walking around with i mean what might as well have been the phone book and literally the only thing that that thing could do was make calls you could call people yeah. without a cord not at your home which was absolutely insane you know and it's to think about how fast technology 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 advance mm -hmm. you can't say anything that's that's your uh hey, documentary I, I yeah mockumentary <laughs> yeah my first one was back in uh i think 99 uh one of the nokia 3300s i think it was same thing just a square thing yep. i mean it cost you an armor leg um you know it'd be like 40 50 bucks you'd get 100 minutes yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't your conversations were as quick as hey yo you were going to the mall we'll meet you there all right bye it's crazy to think again we go back to like kids these days don't don't realize like i have unlimited data on yeah. my phone i've 
I have not paid for a minute or a text message <laughs> in oh the text fifteen years. Twenty five cents per text message, and that's twenty five going, twenty five coming back Receiving. at you. Yes, get that so, bill. You're like, holy god! Imagine like, you know, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when I when I had my Cricket phone. Cricket was like one of the first companies that came out and was just like base price, everything yeah, is included. Yeah. You get, you know, again, data not included because there was no internet on these phones at this time. Yeah. But this is pre social media. <laughs> that they were like, hey, for $50 a month, you can send as many text messages as you Ooh. want. You can Game talk changer. on the phone as long as you want. No one answering the other phone in the house. No one listening to your <laughs> conversations. It's your personal phone. You can do this. You know? Like, I remember that. And there was a time in high school where, like, even my first phone before Cricket was that same thing. Like, it was like, it's like what you imagine long distance calling back when you had to pay for long distance calling. You went to Walgreens and you were like, I'm going to have to make a long distance call to my aunt in fucking Texas. You know, I need a card. I'm going to talk to her for at least 20 minutes. So give me that 30 minute card and I'm going to be able to make this long distance call. It was the same thing with cell phones. Like you, you were like, Hey, don't text me unless it's an emergency or you're telling me where you're going because in this 30 day period, I have a hundred of these, you know, if I don't text you yeah. back, yeah, yeah, yeah. just assume I'm not coming unless I show up because I can't afford to text you back. Like legitimately cannot afford to text you back. It's, it's, it's crazy to think how fast technology moved forward in 10 years especially when Mm -hmm. it came to cell phones yeah because you watch some of the earlier gosh i you know the facebook will have the memories or whatever the timeline stuff pop up and there'll be videos from when my eldest was a kid that'll pop up and i'm like oh man this is great but the picture quality on those early ass cell phones are the worst just shot through a potato peel pictures that you could imagine you think i think that's my kid Imagine taking a picture with an N64 controller. (laughs) I mean, give or take, that's what it was. Like, I remember when I knew I made it. All right. And it was because of my dad. My dad had gotten a phone through work. And the first time I showed up to school, I was like a junior. And I had a Motorola Razor flip phone. And that Motorola Razor was on such a level that there was nothing at that time that could compete with it. Like, I remember the first time, like, I wasn't even talking on the phone. And I'm holding that phone up to my ear like I'm doing something dope. Like, flipping it yeah. open, closing the it. Flip. The flip, Flipping man. it open, closing oh. it. You know? And then, hey. let me ask you, what, what not including, because our current phones are computers. You know, yeah. I don't want to include, like, I haven't... Like currently, I have an iPhone 11 Pro Max, and I don't so, want to include that because my iPhone is a fucking computer. It's got yeah. three goddamn cameras on it. It's got a it's fucking fisheye lens on it. It does everything. When you look back, do you have a favorite phone? The Sidekick. Okay, let's go. Okay, that let's thing go. 
I got bigger hands than Mo. For Likewise. Most, bigger fellow. So for me, typing on, even to this day, the way that the keyboard is set up is very small, so I fat finger. I say it all the time. Oh, fuck, I fat finger. Luckily, we have autocorrect. It fixes my mistakes. Back in the day, we didn't quite have that at the level we have now, but luckily with the sidekick, you turn that bit sideways, you kick out the screen, boom, you got a full old mini mini keyboard right there. Okay, so I've owned almost every sidekick. Uh, I did not own the original sidekick, but I remember seeing it and being like, oh. yo, there is nothing tighter because in the those first two sidekicks, you click the top right, like you hit down on the top right of the screen and the entire screen flipped up on top and opened a full QWERTY keyboard. Like we didn't even know yeah. what QWERTY was at that point. All we knew is that the keyboard on our phone <laughs> looked like the keyboard on our Windows 98 computer. All right. It was magnificent. I've owned the Sidekick 2 was the first Sidekick I ever bought. I own the Sidekick Slide, the Sidekick 4G. Uh, and I believe there was one more after that. Okay. I remember when the Sidekick Slide came out because it was like, that was like the first slide phone. It was like that. And then they made like the uh, Verizon had one that like slid up. It was gross. But the sidekick was like big. Yeah. And like I remember getting the sidekick 4G and it being like Android operating system. You're like, holy shit. I get this sidekick 4G. This is when 4G was like what 5G is now. (laughs) And it dude it's crazy i know it's crazy like i remember getting the sidekick 4g what's crazy okay daisy and i have been together 10 years this year our first our first mm-hmm. phone bill together was a sidekick 4g from t-mobile Jesus. 10 years ago all right the internet on your phone at that point was still negligible Ugh. like there wasn't a MySpace app that you could download. There wasn't a Facebook app you could download. It All it said was a little app on your home screen that said Ooh. internet. Yeah. You know, it was just that. And that was it. And it's crazy to think that even in 10 years, that would have been in 2011, that in 10 years, like the things I can do with my iPhone right now, like if, if, yeah. if I did not have my, my computer, okay, I take a lot of pride in my PC and my PC give or take cost me $1,500. My iPhone is 12, 11, (laughs) you know, and it can't do a fifth of the things that my PC can do. But yet here I am every two years. I'm like, shut up, bitch. Take my money. (laughs) You know, like I want a new one. I want, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, it's crazy to think the technology jump that in, you know, 30 years, in 30 years, we can go from no internet, no cell phones, pay phones, landlines. I remember when my parents got their first cordless phone. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. I was born in 89. And I remember when my parents got a cordless phone for the landline. Oof. We could walk around. Where the hell I remember is the phone? When Where's the yes. phone? Yes. Have you seen it? Pissed off. Okay. Pissed I remember off. when Star 69 
Yeah. Became a thing. Star 67. These are things people don't even know what these things mean anymore. Star 69 was a callback number. Star 67 was a block number. Yeah. Like if I dialed star 67 and then your phone number, it would come up on your caller ID, which was a thing, like a god awful thing that came out as an unknown number. You could screen your calls back then. It was it was insane. Movie movie phone was one of the greatest greatest phone things you can call because you could basically get if you didn't have a newspaper handy, you could go call movie phone and you could go through your local theater and you'd get the rundown. So damn good. It it's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how it's best wild. technologically advanced. Yeah. Like from you know again, I'm 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 31. I'm 31. And I know we've talked about it in a previous podcast and it's insane to me the amount of advancement that our generation has went through in 30 years. Yeah. From what we had growing up to what we have now, it seems unimaginable. It's unimaginable. And yet I can't get phone service in downtown Denver. (laughs) I can't get phone service in Castle Rock. There's it's, it's one of the reasons I'm a moon landing conspiracy theorist. All right. Cause I was like, you want to tell me, you want to tell me that in 1969, we could put a motherfucker on the moon, but in 2021, I can't get phone service in a tunnel. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm sure we'll go back oh, to this. Man. Um, at this point, we're running yeah. a little long, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. But telecommunications in the 90s, Ugh. the 2000s. It's a wild, just Ugh. wild. Like, going back and just, it's the quality of everything. It just leaps and bounds. Every year, you'd upgrade to a new phone because that was part of your plan. And they were thousands because, or, of dollars. <sighs> thousands. Yeah. Like, now my phone's a thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's a thousand dollars. It's just what I'm used to or whatever. But like back then with inflation, that Nokia that had 12 buttons on it, that was like a $6,000 phone at that point. That pager, that was like a $700 pager. That fucking thing couldn't do anything. (laughs) It was a glorified answering machine. It was a glorified, hey, where are you? (laughs) It's insane to me. But like I said, I'm sure we'll deep dive into that on uh on a future pod because the fact that you had sidekicks like we might have to go back and like talk about some sidekick shit all right i still have my slide somewhere it's it's in a drawer somewhere for sure (laughs) yeah no doubt um uh before we get out of here i do want to bring up something that we find awesome you guys have kind of experienced it in the last uh a few weeks or a few months, I guess, as the podcast grows, uh, so does our reach. And and the one good thing that comes out of that is we are able uh, to speak to other growing podcasts. Um, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to put our word out there. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the Total Party Guild because these guys hyped us up 
on their podcast. I was able to go back and listen to some episodes of their podcast. And I will say the same thing. I mean, these guys are exact and girls because they do have some females on their pod. I do not want to be that person. Um, They're exactly what we want. You know, they're the type of people that I know that if I met in real life at a bar or at a game lounge or at a convention, these are the people that I would hang out with. And listening to the podcast really portrays that feeling. Um, And I'm sure you kind of feel the same way, correct? I'm not wrong in this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody who puts out a uh, actual play Dungeons and Dragons 5e uh, podcast is like our people. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And and it's, you know, that 5e like actual play podcast is tough to do and for it to be entertaining. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, competition out there, per se. And we can say the same thing about yeah. our podcast. You know, there's other nostalgia and retro podcasts out there. And we hope that everyone, you know, like we bring our own flair. And I will say these Total total Party Guild, uh, they bring their own flair. I mean, these guys are great to listen to. Their their flow is fantastic. And uh, I will tell you guys, if you enjoy this one, I know for a fact you will enjoy that one. Uh, so definitely go check them out. Again, you can yeah. search Total Party Guild wherever you guys get your mm-hmm. podcasts. And I believe they have a website too, if I remember right. I think it's totalpartyguild.com. They've got, yeah, they're basically total party guild across like most of the major social me- medias. Um, on Twitter right now, they're trying to get up to 500 followers. Ice towers. So, you know, go to Twitter, follow them, and maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones who gets a dice tower out of just following somebody. Yeah, it's not that hard if you guys have a Twitter account again. They're they're trying to grow their podcast. We're all trying to do the same thing, and they were gracious enough to uh, to trailer swap with us. Um, we are going to throw their trailer on the end of this pod as well, so we'd appreciate you guys if, if you stuck around. Um, it's just a quick two-minute trailer. It just kind of throws you into what they're all about and kind of their personalities and stuff really fast. Uh, again, Total Party Guild. I believe they're out of Washington if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is even cooler. I love seeing out-of-state people that we can talk with and and grow with. and Mm -hmm. Definitely go check those guys out. Subscribe to them. Uh, If you're on iTunes, throw them a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Uh, We'll also say the same thing for us. If you guys like what you hear on the Retro Nama Pod, that five-star rating on iTunes does help us um, in visibility across the board. So if you do like what you hear, leave that five-star rating. You guys can leave a review. We'll go over it on the podcast. Shout you out. If you want to stay anonymous, that's fine as well. We appreciate all the love you guys have given us up until this point and hopefully in the future as well. Uh, As always, you can find me at RetroNamapod across the board. That's Twitch, Facebook, Instagram. Those are pretty much the only three that I deal with at the time being. We'll see if we grow. Uh, podcast or not podcast <laughs> website incoming to be announced. Oh, uh, we have been checking that out, but again, retronomapod across the board for me. Uh, and Rick, where can they find you? Uh, serial killer on most of the socials. Um, like you said, Facebook serial kilter. I, it's it's the kilter part, not killer, kilter because he's straight drunk. killed it. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yes so yes go to our facebook 
I can't hear you. Oh, oh, there uh, we go. How about now? Yep. There we go. We've, uh, we've all heard of werewolves. What exactly are what wolves, who wolves, when wolves, and why wolves? Jesus Christ, these weird questions are just going across the board. I got it in there. (laughs) We appreciate you guys sticking with us and listening to us. As always, thank you for listening to the Retronama Pod, and we will catch you next week. Good night. Welcome, heroes. Welcome, adventurers. I will be your DM for this story arc. I'll be DMing this story arc of Total Party Guild. Total Party Guild. Total Party Guild. Total Party Guild. A weekly retro wave inspired live play 5th edition D&D podcast. We meet our party as they're sitting inside the uh, tavern inside the guild house. When last we left our heroes, they started their climactic final battle. This week, we will be joined by... This week, the guild will be hiring... Vanessa Otero playing... Jewel! Probably Jewel. Jewel. Julie. I thought her name was Jewel. Jewel Von Onyx never pays a cover charge to get into any bar. Justin Lamb playing... Stenel. Stenel, Stenel, Stenel! Stenel Bjornsson. He doesn't hang on. He beats on anybody who fucks with him. Stenel Bjornsson. S- say what you want about me. I do have this snazzy badger hood, and I'm always friendly. Sean Rowe playing... Singer. Singer what? Uh, he's Singer Bjornsson. It's just... Singer. Singer. I know a lot about sheep, actually. Jeremy Blackheart playing Graham. Graham! 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 <laughs> Graham! 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 Graham or Rye. If I let them go, they just would have done it again. Oh, Gildos. Oh. No, no, no. Gildums. Stop talking. Gildites. Gildites. Go to jail. I'd like you all to roll initiative. Why do we keep doing this? And roll initiative. So the guild that the guild beautiful. covers collateral damage, right? Do you want to explain the predicament you've gotten yourself in? Slap your dildo all over my moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a place called jail for that. <laughs> what could I possibly add to this conversation? <laughs> Take a side. Yeah, pick a side. I think this conversation got away from us. What will our adventurers find in the future? Will the heroes triumph against the hobgoblin threats? Uh, it was an extremely successful mission where nothing ever went wrong. Until next time, party on! Party on! Two damage. How do you kill him? God damn it! Oh, Jesus! <laughs> oh, oh.